0: Hello everyone and welcome to the PsychCast, this is your host Akash Yadav. Today's episode is a fun one, we are discussing about the pet therapy, yes you heard me right. This is one of the many therapies that you can use even for recreational purposes. Not just it, pet therapy has many uses on its own and that's the reason we will be dividing this episode into two parts. We have two guests in here today, Ira and Shalaka who are the founders of the pet sitters and the pet project, Pune who are into pet business from more than two years now, you will find the contact details in the description of this podcast. So let's hear from the experts about pet therapy. So uh, we need to know, uh, our viewers need to know what exactly is pet therapy,
1: okay, Uh, okay. So pet therapy uh, broadly uh, encompasses all. Uh, animal assisted activities and uh, the term that is very or um, uh, the upcoming term that is animal assisted therapy. Now when we are talking about animal assisted therapy it primarily involves uh, an animal active participation in a therapy or a counseling process. So uh, whoever your target audience might be in an animal assisted therapy scenario it is very necessary that the animal actually, Uh, Plays an active role in that entire counseling and therapy process in an animal assisted activity uh, it is basically more of a recreational or a um, feel-good factor kind of an activity where uh, The participant basically gets to interact with uh, the animals for uh, a a fun or a recreational uh, uh, purpose
2: I think and what the only other thing that therapy can include which activity need not is that uh, therapy method, uh, therapy in therapy you do actually can have measuring standards yeah. okay. in terms of how uh, it has helped uh, the but, patient okay. uh, on an actual uh, on an actual scale, scale okay. and whether the, whether uh, a person started from how is how are the sessions going Uh, depending upon what uh, what, what the therapy is being used for uh, durations are set and then based on that you can actually have markers saying that and ticks basically saying check marks that yes it has been done. So, it can be evaluated on a far more scientific. uh, grounding. That is how actually the therapy and the activity gets divided uh, per se.
0: Yeah. Uh, and what exactly it is used for? I mean the pet therapy, what is the specific areas that it can be used in patients?
1: So uh, like any other alternative form of therapy, uh, animal assisted activities and animal assisted therapy generally uh, help enhance quality of life on uh, four larger domains that is your physical, your social, your emotional and your cognitive. Yeah, so these are the four domains that uh, these are very technical terms, so to say the way it manifests for each of your audiences or each of your clients can be very different, but uh, necessarily the goals generally are from these four larger uh, domains. So, what is it used for? It can be used for uh, anything, right from phobia reduction, it can be used for uh, mental health uh, betterment, um, generally enhancing a quality of life, say in a dementia care or an old age home uh, kind of scenario, or it could be just teaching young children compassion, what is the right way to behave in a social setup and things like that? So, your goals can be very varied in this entire thing, but it's somewhere basically then finds root in your four domains that is, cognitive, social, emotional, uh, and physical.
0: So, it doesn't have a uh, complete impact, as in a perfect impact that you can measure. This is the impact from pet therapy.
1: See, uh, generally, now, uh, very honestly speaking, Just pet therapy is generally not uh, used so it is always accompanied by a traditional counseling uh, uh, session or uh, you know some uh, traditional form of therapy uh, that has that has been used for so many years so uh, unless and until you're only using therapy uh, sorry using pet therapy as a form of counseling and therapy it's very difficult to say that this has been uh, achieved by pet therapy. So that's that's the only thing. Uh,
0: So how long is it recommended? As in, how long can the therapy go on?
1: As long as the patient feels it's. Okay, uh, so it can go on forever. Forever, forever. yeah. So that's I mean that's to give you a very simple example. That's also a large part of uh, why people actually bring home pets because that presence or because that. Uh, companionship that the pet brings to a family is something that the family basically uh, grows with it actually uh, enhances a general family uh, uh, interpersonal relationship uh, scenario as well which is why uh, it could I mean there is no set duration uh, at all it could last from one hour to all your life yeah so uh, basically people
0: have the question that uh, can, and does pet, getting a pet at home help in any sort of uh, mental health for even children and for even adults
2: i think getting a pet at home um helps okay that, i End mean up. as a as a complete sentence yes yeah. it definitely helps the reasons why you're getting a pet at home is what actually uh, matters the most okay now um We've seen people uh, where, uh, or families rather, where uh, if I have to pick up say two examples where uh, if there is a uh, child who comes with say an autism spectrum and a, on a very severe autism spectrum, which also means that the child is not somebody who's going to be um, non-dependent after say year four or five. This child is going to be dependent on the parents, which are the primary caregivers yeah. in such a case. Um, uh, for a For a far more elongated period as against my child is now five years old and now he's going to start regular school uh-huh, right yeah. so you do get your first five hours off then you start getting your eight hours yeah. off because the child is set on to his his yes. or her own schedule um, in such a case um, what matters most is uh, how many people in the family are actually going to be completely for the animal and an animal, it could be a cat, it could be a dog, it could be fish, uh, it could be rabbits, it could be guinea pigs, it could be just about anything or birds also for that matter. But the point is that there is a certain amount of dependency that even this pet is now going to put on the caregivers, right? So one, what is the time that you are ready to take on that second level independence considering you already have somebody who is going to be dependent on you. So there is a lot of mental space that even the pet occupies at any given point in time it might be varied in terms of times, like maybe a f- maybe fish don't require like a walk, yeah. uh, but yes, you still need to do the fish tank cleaning, you still need to uh, feed. So in terms of time taken in a 24 hour period, it's say 2 hours, okay. uh-huh. but as against a dog who takes 2 hours or maybe f- 3 hours every day for 7 days a week without a holiday, yeah. right? so the uh, what is it that the family is going to bring in uh, okay. for that pet actually makes a lot far more important um, um, that's yeah. actually far more important to us when we are suggesting that okay fine now that you've tried pet therapy for so long and when they do come to us saying that uh, would it be a good idea for us to get we actually want them to sit and evaluate as primary caregivers Saying how much time are you now going to be able to give to this new person who is entering your life, who is going to be again dependent on you for the rest of their life, right? One, are you ready for that commitment? Because for some parents, it's just a matter of just about now my child has started going to say an all-inclusive school or a special needs school, whichever way it might go. And just as when they're starting to get their three and four hours of the day free, they probably don't want another dependency to come their way at that point. So that's one uh, we are looking at it in terms of whether they should go in for it or no. Second in case of I mean if I have to take a completely different example of say there is a uh, senior person at home uh, who say uh, is uh, otherwise alone has say lost uh, an immediate spouse or immediate family member or so there is a major say catastrophe that's happened in the family because of which this particular person is just generally down on morale. Now, looking at all our schedules currently, nobody really has the time. I mean, if yeah. unless and until you're willing to take time out, nobody has the time. Mm-hmm. So, in such a case, if you if there is a pet at home, this senior person, now typically if I have to look at it, it's like say my grandparents who are probably 80, 85, they don't really see too many of, I mean, all of us at extended hours because everybody is doing their own schedule. My parents are doing their own schedule, yeah. I'm doing my own yeah. schedule and they are pretty much left at home alone. In such a case, the companionship of a pet actually helps them. Okay. Yeah. In a way that here is somebody who I can talk to through the day. Okay. Here yeah. is somebody who say if I'm working in the kitchen, this dog is sitting with me in the kitchen. If I'm working, if I'm done with kitchen work, I now go and sit in the living room, I'm watching TV, this dog follows me uh, while right. you're over there. So, security aspect being completely right. out of it, what we are basically talking about the fact is that there is some a uh, semblance of a relationship that they build okay. with this with this animal that they have decided to adopt or take in depending upon what age and they have their own individual um setup that they do like the way we grew up saying that like and, and the dogs or other any animal also learns to very quickly negotiate with who can give them what okay. like uh, because this lady is going to be home or this gentleman is going to be home through the day separation anxiety when this person leaves will be the highest yeah. um, or if something happens to the dog the older person is probably far more concerned about it and there is and because the pets are also giving them back that companionship yeah. because they are listening to them they are following <laughs> them around which otherwise the family doesn't really have the time uh, to do so it does keep them mentally occupied also to okay. a certain extent it keeps them a little bit physically active okay. yeah uh, it keeps them mentally challenged because they have been given a, they have been given a responsibility to take care of that dog for those eight hours till the time say their children come back home from work yeah so has my dog eaten has say the, has the dog walker come in and taken this dog mm-hmm. out for a walk uh is he uh, does he look a little sick or the, is he is he falling well has he passed his motions so it gives them a certain sense of responsibility which basically keeps them mentally occupied so technically there's nothing wrong with this person yeah. it's just that there is a job
1: <laughs> that i yeah. have
2: to do and that actually makes them feel very useful in a larger okay. uh, uh, uh scheme of uh, conduct and that actually keeps them going oh, okay. yeah so as against i mean you could be watching tv through the day which is also yeah. fine but the fact is that there is somebody alongside you and you are just randomly having conversations i mean all households from what I know will have conversations with their dogs yeah, yeah? irrespective dogs cats yeah. uh, fish Every also for that matter all of that any animal so that sense of belonging that sense of responsibility actually takes them that's where it that comes from the quality of life improves for them because here is somebody who's still dependent on me because that's what they've probably always wanted to do they've always learned to take care like you know our grandparents, have always learned to take care of yeah, them. That's how. Yeah. That's how our entire upbringing has been. So that gives them. So in terms of whether it's a right or a wrong decision to get a pet at home, I think a lot largely depends upon. Um, one, are you willing to take in that additional dependence uh, factor on you at this stage yeah. of life, where one you've, as I mentioned, you've just about gotten free from one level and your caregiving responsibilities have come say a notch down, and. At the same time trying to figure out whether the quality of life of this family is going to go up okay. only then so there are times where we've known where the children come in they go to their rooms lock the doors and then they're doing yeah. their own thing but because there is a dog, this child will then go down and play Okay. Yeah. or the, he will involve himself like you know say in a training this I'm talking even in a normal family he will involve himself in training he will go and show off his dog to his friends like you know saying that Oh, my dog I've taught this new trick to my dog so it again it comes the social, social uh, uh, yeah. uh, fabric basically which gets developed. So um, it will help for sure um, it is that the circumstances around it have to be very well thought of when oh, you're okay. getting
0: one at home. So basically yeah. it's like getting an infant.
2: Getting so, an infant yeah. who's going to be an infant for a very long time yeah. you know yeah so that the, the effort uh the time and the responsibility has to be equally shared by all family members who can do it to be very effectively uh
0: take it over yeah okay so actually i would like to ask uh, if there is an awareness about pet therapy because even my mom yesterday didn't know about what pet therapy is so is there any awareness around
1: so i think um, two years back when we started off i think we're in a much better space today than we were uh, at that point in time so today yes i mean there are a, there is a larger section of uh, people who still are you know trying to uh, understand what the concept is there is a, a lot of a lot of people who are coming up further and asking questions about it which is probably something that we really want because that's the only way that we are going to be able to uh, have them to spread it up further So that's the only way that, I mean this information, this concept is going to then uh, reach to a far broader audience uh, than what it is right now. So um, if you would ask me, uh, are people aware about pet therapy, it really depends on where uh, you're going. So I mean, for example, that day when we had, uh, uh, when we visited your college. Uh, for uh, the talk a large part of uh, people had at least heard about yeah. it but then again there is uh, there are a lot of uh, families or people from an older generation who are still maybe uh, not really clued in basically yeah. into the basically, they, yeah. they won't
0: accept yeah. this this uh,
1: kind of thing actually uh, not accepting is also not uh, uh, such a big an issue so i uh, so much so that there are people who just want to know who just yeah. want to try it out also okay. so large part of the people who come in here for therapy sessions also are people who just want to try it out yeah. so it's like i've tried 10 different forms of therapy for my child for my uh, uh, parent or okay. whoever it is and I just want to try something different right. and I just want to see whether this is going to help me out yeah. because after there is a certain saturation this is exactly what you're looking for oh. this kind of a break from the yeah. stereotypes is exactly what you're looking for see if it works well and good if it doesn't well people have at least had fun yeah. that's <laughs> definitely there
0: okay, so either, either of them. yes it's a win-win always
1: always a win-win <laughs>
0: Uh, so actually, I mean the pet therapy has helped a lot of people. Yeah, so is there any specific example where there, I mean, Which you can uh, tell out to people uh, that has helped someone Okay um,
1: Okay Okay, I'll I'll speak about a child hmm. you speak about uh, yeah. tapas hmm. if, if that's okay, so um, So this is again, uh, I mean we have like a different uh, or rather we have a different uh, variety of people who come in here for pet therapy so as I mentioned there are cases where we work with severe uh, Sinophobia which is the phobia of dogs so there are success stories of Uh, clients coming in with severe phobia so much so that I can't even stand being in the presence of a dog I can't deal with the sight of a dog and just by looking at a dog it's going to give me uh, shivers it's going I'm going to start panicking I'm going to start sweating I'm my BP is going to shoot up and things like that and moving from that stage of phobia to saying no I really want to spend time with my dog I'm just going to sit there, just petting it and I'm just going to be very calm after okay. that entire thing. So that for us is a success story yeah. because that's the goal that uh, the client has come in with has been achieved in that entire thing. Similarly, when, um, when there are children, say I'm very specifically speaking about this one child uh, who came in with um, a lot of behavioral issues. So the child was autistic. Uh, the mother would have a lot of trouble managing the child in social situations. So the only thing she came to me with was, I just want him to listen to instructions. I just want him to be able to talk to me, to be able to come to me and say that, Mama, this is bothering me or this is basically making me feel very uncomfortable because then that becomes a cue for her to remove that child from that situation or then change the situation around the child both ways the child as I mean going back to uh, your one of your previous questions how long the child came to us for a good three months okay. every alternate day the child would come in uh, we did a lot of activities with him where we focused on him following instructions to the team but then, that could be anything grooming, Okay. Uh, the dog where you know you're supposed to hold this particular brush not that one yeah. that one goes after the first brush you need to get the dog to sit so it automatically also involves a certain amount of complexity okay. in the activities so you start really simple and then you build upon that okay. automatically my patients threshold is going up my cap- listening capacity is going up yeah. my capacity of actually um, respecting what you're asking me to do is going up. My self-esteem is going up because that dog is responding wonderfully to me. So my confidence, self-esteem, my ability to speak is also bettering because I'm automatically speaking to the dog. And once uh, the dog is responding to me, somewhere, there is some part of my brain saying that, okay, I mean, I could at least try it out with one human, like one known human, I could maybe try saying uh, something to them maybe they'll also listen so that is your breaking point uh, in that case yeah so for us to reach this point it took us about a good one month after which you are building upon the human uh, interaction uh, bit of it so as I mentioned it's just not activities or just not play there is a lot of counseling also that happens alongside the activities that are happening with the dog for the client to then see uh, good results. So she'll also probably want to share. So again, uh, like you mentioned,
2: so there is either we're working on a goal orientation basis where we're actually marking, putting specific markers saying, whether it's getting done, whether the, whoever the patient across age groups, whether they're getting closer to what is it that we're actually looking at achieving. Now one of the things that we are currently doing is we are working in this setup called, um called uh, it's an elder care centre, primarily it's a palliative care and a dementia care centre. So uh, the kind of inpatients that they have was staying and it's an in-house, in house, stay in a uh, 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 place basically, it's not like people go in and uh, come back every day. So uh, over there what we are primarily doing is we are, there, we are going there purely on a feel good now here we are talking to people who probably don't remember what they've eaten in the morning uh, okay. to they'll have uh, what we call selective amnesia where they'll remember um, so life so till so. a certain period and then mm-hmm. after that uh, it's basically you've completely, I don't know the technical term but it's like it's like you know you have you, your memory starts fading okay, yeah. out and then it becomes completely lost. So um, now when we started off we were being told that you have to be prepared for the fact that these people might not recognize you the second time that you come in because obviously there is a setup uh, that we are entering. So what it means for us is that uh, one between the two of us we decided that we are going to take the same dogs because if at all there is any association that has to get developed that's how it will. Now and we have now been doing these sessions for the last almost six months twice a month is what we go over there and over a period what we have realised is that basically for them that visit what it means to say 80% of the population who we are going and meeting over there is that there are dogs and they are going to come and interact with us yeah. Yeah? Some of them remember what we had done like 2 weeks back and they'll say maybe uh, refer to it at some level Uh, some people have told us the same stories over and over again. Uh, because they've seen the dogs and because they probably remember uh, that uh, they used to have a dog and we've heard their dog stories over and over again but the point is that it takes them out of that moment for that particular time it takes them it breaks the entire routine for them Uh, it breaks that entire you get up in the morning you have breakfast you exercise then you uh, they have some group activities where they're all sitting out in a common space and they've been told things to do. And then suddenly here are these two other things which are basically listening to them again yeah. uh, doing whatever has been told to them uh, we've done a couple of grooming sessions where the ladies in that entire group were so excited about the fact that i'm combing this dog i'm putting powder on her because if you, i mean if you look at the age group i think that mattered a, a lot to them like you know getting ready first thing in the morning was something that it's done like you know This generation knows it's okay to not have a bath at 7.30 in the morning or the first thing in the morning. But for that generation it was impossible to fathom that how can you not be well dressed before going out, like how can you step out in your pyjamas, that's like impossible for them to figure it out. So the entire joy of the fact that I am now doing this to somebody. So uh, it could be again multiple tools are used. right from the fact that there's a cognitive memory which says that if i give you something in your hand you will hold it yeah right from the fact that how to hold it also can be a challenge because yeah. my, my mind doesn't tell me that i'm supposed to close my hand onto it so and then again it goes back to the fact that i'm giving you a responsibility saying ma'am you have to hold this dog she's going she needs to sit with you till the time i go have water and come back for those two minutes, it's a responsibility which otherwise n- she doesn't get to do yeah. on a day-to-day basis. Nobody is willing to, because from from the family's point of view, she's somebody who's maybe uh, incapable of taking, taking on the responsibility. Yeah. But here is somebody who's saying, and that responsibility gets taken so seriously, and it's done so diligently that there is a certain importance that gets associated. Yeah. There's a smile at the end of it. So there's something called the. Happiness quotient. So, when these people actually called us and the management actually called us in, they said we are purely doing therapy from a happiness quotient point okay. of view, we want these people to come out of that regular the routine, do this for an hour, routine. just be like you know it's that happiness of one hour yeah. and which basically gets them past maybe the entire day in, in whichever yeah. way possible. Sometimes we, I mean we have had the management come and maybe they have slept better or maybe they have eaten better or uh, maybe they just smiled a little more or they didn't do much about uh, like you know that the fact that they had to eat uh, like today we'll be talking about what do your dogs eat as well they eat chicken and rice every day what so they are also probably eating a similar yes. style of food on yeah. a day to day basis so suddenly that becomes the fact that okay sir we are not the only ones who are doing it okay. there is somebody else also who is eating the same food yeah. day in day out morning evening and that dog is not cribbing yeah. about it So, there is an association, there is a a, a, like I said the the feel good factor which basically comes in and the fact that it takes them out for that particular moment, that's all we are actually there to achieve for that, so that's how it uh, helps again not in like a scientific checklist assessment kind of a way but the fact that it gives them that one particular push for that 3 hours, 4 hours, 12 hours, whatever their cognitive memory allows them to at that point in time and that's pretty much about it
0: that's it for the day we will be back with the second part on the pet therapy this monday stay tuned to the podcast and also we are now on multiple platforms like google podcast spotify apple podcast and pocket cast 2 so do add us in your playlist in any of these platforms and as i always say we are here to help with free therapy sessions so if you think you or someone you know needs a therapy session, log on to www.akashjadav.com that is www.akashjadav.com and get in touch with us. Thank you and I will talk to you in the next one.